coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. And I won't waste my life being typical. I will be I'm original. I'm going to be original. I actually think it's even when it's difficult, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, yeah. I don't think it's I'm going to be original twice, but that's fine. We're going to have to go back and rewatch the movie. Okay. Uh, Welcome. No, sure the fuck not. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> original ladies and original gentlemen to Buzzed On Movies. I'm Teddy. I'm Matt. And um, we're here once again to bring you some movie news some movie thoughts um mostly oscar movies this week but one not oscar movie in particular that we're going to be talking about um you don't know it's it's eligible next year <laughs> yeah, yeah, i i best song maybe it, it might it might go um, oh my god if i have to say <laughs> oscar <laughs> Oscar nominee Doolittle. It's happening. Ah! 2021. Get ready. All right. Yes, we're going to be talking a bunch of Oscar movies and Doolittle today. So that's what's happening. Basically, we have a lot of thoughts on one of these movies, uh, which you can already probably guess. So we're going to be using our chugging along method for the first few. If you're not familiar with that, um, this method holds us to a 10 minute time limit to discussing each movie. And every minute that we go over that, we got to take a drink. So um, when we're ready, we're going to, we're going to kick that off. Our first movie of the night is marriage story. Uh, yeah. This uh, Oscar nominee in a number of categories. And um, the first thing I want to say about marriage story is Matthew. How the fuck dare you me? How the fuck dare you told me on the last episode that this wasn't a sad movie. I don't think it's that sad. I really you, don't think it's that sad. You I, ma are, I maintain that you are I stand so, by it. Oh my God. Okay. So, uh, tell that to me the other night. Cause this was a very sad movie. Um, I don't I think it ends sad. I don't think it ends sad. It doesn't end sad. It doesn't end sad. People but some... break up, Teddy. People there, end things. There are some very rough times in the middle of this movie. There uh, are rough times in the middle of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. What do you want this, me to do? This is not <laughs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone level. Okay, this is a different. This is a very real level, um, and it, it feels very real. I think. Um, kudos to both the writing and the acting on this movie uh yeah. from scarlett johansson and adam driver both are spectacular in this they're both very uh, good. yes it's fantastic i feel like all the argument scenes and everything are like very true to life yes it, you know what else i think is true to life when Adam Driver cuts himself, but doesn't realize, like, doesn't want it to be a big deal. And so he lets himself just, like, start bleeding out. And, like, that's, like, I like the whole time I'm watching that, I was like, that's me. Like, I would accidentally, like, fatally wound myself and be like, no, nah, it's no big deal. It's fine. I'll be fine. And I, like, <laughs> pass was... out on the floor. <laughs> this scene was such a great, like, 
combination between shocking and hilarious it was so like, good <laughs> basically the context is that like he's having uh like an evaluator visit to see if he's fit to have uh parental rights to his son and so he has to be like totally normal and seem like a really uh straightforward dad and then he accidentally cuts himself pretty badly with like this box cutter he has on his keychain and he just has to act like it's no big deal. It's like, ah, no, it's a little cut. It's fine. It's fine. And he he's like, like bleeding through his clothes and like the cloths he's putting on. He gets her out of the door. He's like, his whole sleeve is soaked in blood. He's like getting blood all over the door. He's like, bye, bye. And then he just like passes out on the kitchen floor. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's like, this is, this is pretty awful. But, oh, but it's so real. Like, I feel like I've been, I mean, I've never cut myself to that point unintentionally and like been like standing there just letting it happen but i have done things like gone to like one of our mutual friends and like eaten a burrito and like poured like the hottest hot sauce in the world on it i mean like no i can do this <laughs> and he was like uh you just need one drop of that and i was like nope i'm good and just like <laughs> i got this. completely tortured myself and just was like nope i'm gonna pretend it's all fine i'm not taking a drink of my water i'm not gonna ask for any milk this i'm just fine. gonna eat it all it's all good it's all good i'm fine These are, those are the sorts of things that i would absolutely do in that situation is just like be like actively killing myself like and just be like oh whatever like i'll just stop this later am i, am I sweating no no i just went for a run before this man it's fine no yeah. this is fine this is fine <laughs> this is um, this is me normal good. yeah um, uh, <laughs> yeah that that scene is pretty particular like, i mean there i feel like there's there's an interesting mix uh between like drama and comedy in here there's a lot of scenes that are like very sad but they also have some funny elements which is good i think um, that's most of the scenes i think a lot of the scenes like really balance like the humor and seriousness well i mean i think what mo the movie did was highlight the absurdity of just like relationships in life like these things are inherently ridiculous and we do ridiculous right. things every single one of us and even when we're like in the midst of like our most dramatic darkest saddest moments with the right perspective it's honestly we're all pretty hilarious like <laughs> yeah i did like um i did like how things that happened earlier in the movie kept coming back later on especially in the scene where uh it's both of them in court and their lawyers are bringing up like bad things that the other one did and it's all like stuff in the first half of the movie it's like well she was coming downstairs and she said that she could barely stand up and it's like oh well he showed up without the car seat locked in properly and stuff like that and yeah i, I liked how that paid off it felt very yeah. real it was like simultaneously funny but also like sort of realistic and it's like oh yeah like this is totally something someone would bring up during a divorce um yeah it yeah it i also like that it wasn't like it wasn't scarlett johansson or adam driver bringing those things up in the court case it was like their lawyers who like yeah. you sort of like you sort of don't like it was like kind of hard to I don't know how you felt, but like I, I struggled like both of them, like, like one minute I'd be like, you're right. Like you have the right idea that like, and then they would bring up something like that in court. Like, you know, like bringing up Scarlett Johansson, like, which was clearly a joke as she's going down the stairs and saying she can barely stand up because of the wine, like very clearly a joke. And like, <laughs> and then they bring it up in court and it was like, what? <laughs> like, why is that coming up? Like, and then the same with the, like the car seat, it was like, it's not like the child went away with a car seat not strapped in. It was just like yeah, they, they showed to up, put it in, yeah, and then they installed it. Like <laughs> exactly, it's not a big deal. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, was, it was this sort of like ridiculous thing where it was like, those were not big deals when they happened. Like there were these funny comical moments and now they're being made to like paint both of these parents as like bad people. And so right. it was just funny the way you see how like that's used against them when to us at first it was just like, oh, these are funny little things. Yeah. Uh, like Ray Liotta was obviously not particularly likable in this movie, but no. uh, maybe it's just... <laughs> Because she's given a lot more screen time, but oh my god, Laura Dern is just like she is so evil in this movie. She <laughs> she is just so like every everything that she brings up in the uh in the trial is just like horrific and like so pointed yeah. and stuff. And then like like all the tirades she goes on in her office afterwards, she's like, oh my god, like this is totally just like a like uh, a lawyer who's just absolutely working every possible angle and it's like has already got her uh like version of the story worked out before she even knows the particulars uh but like to to push against that a little bit i think part of her character was like she fights for like women in these divorces where it's like it is absolutely true that women are held to a different standard in a divorce proceeding that's true so, like but that's like her big thing and so like you're sort of like watching like you're like you're right about that and then you take it like 10 steps too far yeah like <laughs> I mean, uh, that's the thing is like is she's she may be right about a lot of things but she's not always listening to the particular situation like i thought a telling point at the end was when she said like she fought to have um to have uh, Scarlett Johansson's character get an extra day of custody, even though that's not something she wanted to do. She wanted to split custody evenly. She's like, just yeah. I mean, she just pushing. did that just for fun. She just yeah. won. <laughs> just pushing, pushing for the win, really, rather than what like her clients actually want. And obviously, like Ray Liotta as the other lawyer is not supposed to be great either. Like, no, both, no, absolutely like, the, not. The problem is like both of them hire these like cutthroat lawyers. And they're just like they're they're more concerned with fighting each other than they are actually like trying to get what their clients want. Absolutely. They don't care about their clients. <laughs> they care about a win. Like, yeah, she's like, no, that you see, that means that we won here if we get one more day like that's uh, it's like, I don't yeah. I don't care. Like, I just want, want to see my kid. Like, who cares? Right. Um, yeah. And it's like um, they both still want to consider one another friends really and so yeah. like these lawyers are making that pretty difficult <laughs> like yeah. so. I, I it's it's interesting because you you can see like the dramatic turn that the whole proceeding takes as soon as they have to actually like involve the lawyers and go to court and everything like right. they, it was fairly amicable early on in the movie and like they're getting along they're dropping off the kid like they had disagreements about like where he was going to stay and whatever but they were you know they were doing it they were they were both trying to be the best parents they could and then like as soon as the lawyers get involved it's just like knives out they're yeah <laughs> lashing away yeah. um yeah uh, like I, I i liked a lot of scenes in this movie in particular like that it, it felt like a movie of like big scenes like the the scene in court was big uh, I really like the big argument scene between the two of them. Sure, uh, yeah. and that that's a classic. That, that there's all sorts of uh, images of that being posted online. Um, 
And uh, the the one that stuck with me the most from this movie is the uh, the separate Halloweens segment. Oh yeah, that yeah. was the one that was the most heartbreaking to me. Yeah, uh, just like th- them both like trying to squeeze their own time out of this holiday because they couldn't spend it all together. So they're right. both trying to get something, and like by the time. Um, by the time Charlie gets his son, it's like, oh, it's already late. Uh, the kid's tired. He doesn't want to go trick or treat anymore. But it's like, come on, we got to go trick or treating. And they're like, they, they're not getting any candy. It's barely worth it. And like, yeah, like miserable by the end of it. That, yeah, was, that was rough. That was a really heartbreaking scene. Yeah. And it's full of stuff like that. Um, there's just like, damn, you know, it feels very real. It and does. I got to tell you as, as a child of divorce, a lot of these scenes hit home pretty hard. Uh, I'm sure <laughs> they, they definitely they definitely felt pretty real. This is a rough one, I'll say. Um, but I do like I do like that the ending has a positive outlook. It feels like by the time we get to the end, that they understand each other, that they still love each other, even though they can't be like one collective family, and that they're still gonna be able to be in each other's lives because of their son. Right. Yeah. I thought it was, I didn't. Yeah. I liked the ending. I thought it ended on a note that was like, things are going to look up, you know, just because they're bad right now. doesn't mean they're going to be bad forever. And I do think that by the end we'd sort of seen it. It was like, things were still in a worse situation for Adam driver than for Scarlett Johansson, who was, Scarlet was handling the situation much better. <laughs> right. Well, um, I mean, partially because she got to have her son live with her in LA and yes. Adam driver is like fighting to get any time with his son at this point. Um, I mean, I think that is one of the hardest things about it. Um, she wanted to go back to LA. I think it was clear throughout the movie that she had wanted that regardless. And it right. just had not been like a thing that yeah. he would even entertain. And he didn't seem to take it seriously when she had said it. Um, and that's, I mean, that's his fault. Like, you know, like she's clearly from there. They bring it up many times. Um, yeah. Like that was a big, she a wants big to go back. Throughout was that yeah. like she wanted to move back to LA and it was obvious that she'd been making it clear over the years and he'd just been ignoring it being like, Oh, it's just like, you know, something that she's interested in, not something she really cares exactly. about. Exactly. He treated it as one of those things you say like, oh, I'd love to live in London. You know, like, you know, yeah. you like just it's comment. Like, it's like we talked about living in Europe, too. It's like it's not the same. Like she's from there. Her family. Exactly. There. It's a very different thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so when he would be like, they're in the middle of a divorce and be like, well, we're your New York family. And it was like. Are you? You're di- you're in the middle of a divorce. What are you talking about? In California. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I mean like so. Yeah. I mean there is that that she oh, gets. We're to... ten minutes. We're ten minutes. You got a drink. Hold on. Oh God. Okay. All right. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. I just think that um there is the fact that she gets to keep the kid in Los Angeles and that's great. Um. It for her and not for him but i i also think she just like coped better in general i mean she was upset and you see moments of her being very upset about it but she i mean i don't I, she just seemed to be handling it a little bit better in general i got the impression that if she accidentally like cut her arm like that she probably <laughs> wouldn't have done what he did and pretend yeah. it wasn't real <laughs> no, he, de- um, he definitely seemed like he was having a harder time with it overall 
I um, think part of that is just like, I mean, I think part of it is like a, a gender thing. Maybe like, you know, he's sort of very clearly had this idea that he was like sort of the like head of the house or something like we're a yeah. New York family because yeah. I am from New York. And it was sort of like, well, but she's not. So you're not a New York family. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, But he also- very clearly thought differently. And so I think that it was just like an adjustment for him. Drink. And it's also the fear, I think, of um, of like not knowing how he's going to be in his son's life. Like, I think right. that's a big part of it. And that's he, real. That's very fair. And he obviously shows that he's tr- doing his best here. I mean, he like, is, yeah, uh, he's not like, like, yeah, I don't want to imply that he was like a bad dad or like a weird and- like. <laughs> yeah hard enough for the average person to fly back and forth between new york and la uh just to see your kid but especially in his circumstance he's like trying to direct a broadway play at the same time yeah he's, he's like he yeah, works I, in a very new york centric job <laughs> I, had to, I had to go back to do technical direction so i wasn't able to stay through sunday and it's like oh well hmm do you really care about your parenthood then it's like the dude is flying cross country like at least right. once a week so it seems pretty like he's He's doing his best here. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they're, I think once they get everything worked out, drink, uh, once they get everything worked out, whether it, like they can figure out how they can have their son in both of their lives evenly, um, it's a lot easier between them. And like um, one scene to to end on uh, what I thought of this one, one scene that I thought was really good uh, towards the end, um, the, the parallelism between both of them singing those songs. Oh yeah. Um, they each got to like sort of sing a song near the end as they were like surrounded by friends or whatever at a party. Um, I thought that was really good. I was especially like Adam driver, very good singer, surprisingly that um, surprising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked it. Um, it such a nice change of, like pace from our last discussion of an Adam Driver movie. <laughs> it definitely is. Well, in our last in our last discussion of Adam Driver movie, we definitely mentioned how he was struggling against the material to actually be good. Yes. Uh, oh, you can definitely see his skills um on full display here. He's he's a very good actor and a drink. Oh. Uh so any parting thoughts as we wrap up here cuz we're definitely we're definitely getting deep here. Uh, no, I liked story. it. Everyone should see it. It's on Netflix. Go watch Marriage Story, and it's it, there's no excuse unless you don't have Netflix. Yeah, borrow a password. I imagine someone. you're yeah. not listening to our podcast. I mean, just realistically, like the type of people who listen to a movie podcast and the people who don't have Netflix. I don't know. You, I don't you've got You've got to know. <laughs> you've got to at least know someone who has Netflix. Like, borrow a password. Go watch it at a friend's house. Something. This is a great movie. Um, it's sad at times. But it also has a generally uplifting. Obviously, fifty percent of the pod thought it was sadder than the other. 50%. It's about families. I this this was a rough watch for me. It's pro- it's possible you that you not, just have more relatability to it. You did not I, prepare I, me for this. I do uh, not yeah. have like the the family history that's connected to this yeah. at all because my parents were never married. <laughs> Fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But it's. It's it's not too bad overall. Just uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. You don't want to turn it. anyone off of it. It's it's a great movie. Yeah. All right. So that is Marriage Story. Yeehaw. Uh, yeehaw. Uh, and next, we would like to discuss um, a 
nominee for best documentary the cave hoo hoo yeah oh unfortunately um, i don't think we'll go over on this one so i think it'll be okay yeah i don't have too much to say about this is right um this was a national geographic documentary um we actually mentioned this in i think our first episode when we talked about the nominees as being one that could possibly cause us trouble just because it wasn't available on streaming at the time uh but this came out last week um they did like uh live airing of it on the national geographic channel yeah nat geo aired it and i dvr'd it so yeah and then they then they release it on the streaming platform so if you have access to the national geographic channel you should be able to watch it by now um it was it wasn't bad it was good i um i mean so the basic gist of the cave is it's about a um an underground hospital in syria um being run by a female doctor who was i believe like a upper medical student at the time that this siege of their city started and like most of the medical professionals uh like fled the city and so like they're the only people left in town to provide medical treatment to like this entire city that's in the middle of a war zone right uh this documentary is a nightmare (laughs) it's really (laughs) it's really dark and depressing um and yeah like every year with the oscars there's always like one or two war documentaries like this they're always pretty heavy uh this one felt particularly heavy because it centers on a hospital so you know it's like oh everyone coming there is not in great shape right yeah it's a, a hospital in syria it's like led by a yeah it's not there's not a lot of plus going for this (laughs) it's a good documentary though i i thought it was fine um it's a little bleak but i think it's very topical i think it's worth watching my one biggest issue is just like um there's not really uh like overarching storyline to it it's kind of like it's kind of like you just get a bunch of different impressions about what their everyday life is like, which is interesting. But especially when the subject matter is so bleak, it gets to be sort of like overwhelming at times. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't feel like you're moving forward. It feels like you're sort of dwelling in this darkness that's going on. And, you know, that could be perhaps intentional. It's obviously not a very fun uh, place to be in like uh, underground hospital in a war zone but it's it makes it a difficult watch i'll definitely say that it absolutely is a difficult watch that's definitely a good way to put it yeah i liked it i don't want to watch it again <laughs> exactly it's like i i felt like this get gave me some information that i didn't have before but like I'm no, I'm not going to watch this one again. <laughs> definitely no, say that. And I mean, I guess I could probably say that about a lot of documentaries because a lot of documentaries are just informative. Um, right. But yeah, definitely. I have no intentions of uh, revisiting. And there's there's usually a lot of ones uh, in the nominees that are like war documentaries and stuff like that, that are just, yeah. you know, they don't have like a solid story so much. as just giving you a glimpse into what's going on in a very difficult to access area, which is always interesting. I mean, it is interesting. Yeah. I think it's, it's important too. 
it's all it it's always impressive i mean there, there was one of the documentaries last year was like filmed inside like a jihadi cell or something yep uh, that was like really surprising and this is also spread like anything that's filmed in a war zone is very difficult to pull off and um like the filmmakers are putting themselves at risk just by being there um so it's it's always an impressive feat but it does yeah it, it it's a less watchable experience than something like faces places or minding the gap which are just like have a a interesting story Mind that carries it yeah absolutely rather than just like the difficulty of filming and the importance of the um event that they're covering right yeah i think you're right i, I think that's true i i think it's important to watch it but yeah it's, it's not easy and so if somebody yeah. doesn't if this isn't somebody's first choice that's you know that's reasonable yeah, I, I recommend people watching this if they know what they're getting into. Uh, just, you know, if you're interested in war documentaries, if you're interested in what's going on in Syria, um, it's it's very illuminating. It's very interesting. Uh, just prepare yourself for a heavy watch and uh, yeah. prepare yourself for the subtitles as well. Cause, uh, True. Well, I mean, but a lot of movies... I mean, subtitle. I mean, Bong Joon Ho warned us right. all. You know, if you right, yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, there, I feel like there's a compounding difficulty when, we, when you're watching a documentary that's all took out subtitles. It's like it's yeah. already it's already harder to follow than a narrative film. There's less like inherently entertaining about it, and especially when it's about a difficult subject like this. Right. It's yeah. You know, I mean, we both watched it. We sat through it. We we absorbed the film. Yes. But yeah, I, I mean, won't I think it's important that. that people not shy away from the horrors of war, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. I so mean, I think it's it's a good thing. It's to a reality. Watch. We got to deal with it. But yeah, yeah, just, you know, know what you're getting into. Be prepared. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like you know, if you're having a bad day, don't watch it. Probably. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that's <laughs> that's the best advice, really, like being a good mindset, because you yeah. got to be prepared to be pretty downtrodden by something like this. But, yeah. you know, like. I, I recommend watching it. I think it's it's worth sitting through. It's not always the most pleasant watch, but it's illuminating. Right. Um, yeah. All right. So we did it. Good. We did it. We did the cave under 10. Nice. Um, by the way, uh, we'll take a little break here. Why don't we talk about what we're drinking this evening? Oh um, god. I decided to go with wine this evening. Ooh, um, how fancy. I, I don't know exactly why. My only possible explanation is that Doolittle is a period piece. And back then, they used to drink wine a lot more often. So that's... What the fuck is wrong that's, with you? That's what I've got. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am... <laughs> what, are you whining about my choice now? I am. Um, I can't believe you made that joke either i'm drinking drinking hard seltzer because i am becoming a gym bro <laughs> who cares about his carb intake are, but you, also, are you wearing your hat backwards right now i'm almost always wearing my hat backwards <laughs> that's just normal um, um but yes i am i'm wearing a florida gators hat backwards so i look like the worst person you can imagine um <laughs> this i am drinking an arct it's called arctic summer um 
I chose it because one, I wish it were summer. Oh yeah. I hate the winter. I hate the <laughs> I hate the cold. Um, two because the logo is a a seal. It's an Arctic seal. Ooh, very cool. So you know, Doolittle. Are there seals in Doolittle? No, but animals. <laughs> it's an animal. Yeah, it's an animal. That's um, good. So you could also um, be drinking a white claw because there's a polar bear. In... Actually, the bodega didn't have white claws. Oh. So depressing this was the only seltzer they had trust me if they'd had anything else i wouldn't have gotten arctic <laughs> summer ruby red grapefruit um where even was this you know what let me look at where this is made because i'm actually pretty sure i'm offended by the fact that it's ruby red grapefruit um is there really that big a difference between the different brands of alcoholic seltzer i mean there I drink- actually is the flavors are very different I drink a fair amount. Who's only drinking seltzers right now? Um, Oh my god, boozy bubbles crafted with polar seltzer. That's what. (laughs) Um, Oh my god, the logo is a polar bear. It's not a seal. There you go. All right, that's our that's our Doolittle connection. That's extremely Doolittle. Um, Wow, there's no like brewed in logo anywhere. Um, Is the is the polar bear wearing like one of those hippie winter hats? No, but I wish that, that would just be that would be the perfect polar bear. Then I can't find out where it was made. I'm annoyed because I, I'm just pretty sure that it wasn't made in Texas, which is where like ruby red grapefruit drinks should be made. But um, <laughs> like, okay. um, but no, it I, I, I don't know where it comes from. I have no idea where Arctic summer is from. Uh, but okay, anyway, well, it's we... fine. It's drinkable. I would never buy it again. But, you know, whatever. Y'all just. Know. Just like Doolittle? Um, yeah, I will never watch Doolittle again. <laughs> never, never again. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we're drinking tonight. Uh, we encourage you to drink along. And, um, I sure with- do. Don't drink Arctic <laughs> Summer, though. Get another. Get Bone and Vive Grapefruit. That's, like, good. Um, get White Claw Grapefruit. They have I'm a Grapefruit, right? I I'm a little disturbed by the number of hard seltzer brands that you're throwing out right now. So, but, uh, um, <laughs> truly, Bone and Beaver, White Claw, and Arctic Summer. Oh, and Bud Light. Those are the ones I know. Um, God, we are a mess. Oh, my God. Okay. So, when you are trying to cut back on carbs and you go to bars, you just drink whichever seltzer they have. Okay. I, like, I feel, I feel you on that. It is very good if you're trying to cut back on carbs. Um, if you're trying to go locale in general, actually. Yeah. Uh, very good for that. We're, here in 2020, the year of the hard seltzer, it's it's happening, you know. But I don't love it. But it <laughs> we don't happening. have we don't have to pretend that it's amazing. Um, so moving on. Um, oh our... my god! Sorry, the Arctic summer can says, "Drink responsibly, share with friends." Karaoke? Heck yes! It literally says heck yes. It doesn't even say hell yes. It heck. says heck. Heck yes, that's Heck responsible. Yeah. You know, don't don't say anything you don't want on the cover of the New York Times. I actually but... think this can might have been designed by Christian frat girls. Frat girls. <laughs> Sorry, frat girls. Girls. Um, so frat that's girls. great. It's like a pink can with gray bubbles on it. So that's like very sorority. That sounds about right. Yeah, some communications major designed that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, can't moving I thought that was a seal. Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, 
Moving on, uh, our next film of the night is Bombshell. Um, Bombshell. Wow. Bo- the Old cast of Bombshell actually designed the Arctic summer can. <laughs> yes. And go. Yes. Um, so it's been a little while since I saw Bombshell. but um, Really? How long? Uh, I saw it like after we taped the last episode, like the next day. Actually, I can okay. bring up my my amc a-list history here teddy that was january 21st was the day we taped our last episode okay so um i can see that in our chat um (laughs) so you saw it on the 22nd so it's been like yes i did see it on the 22nd Um, um that is already long enough i saw this at the georgetown amc late at night with i saw it at the lincoln square two other people in the theater Wow. Um, oh my gosh that's right because i saw it at the lincoln square amc and i was surrounded by a bunch of elderly white ladies um <laughs> and i was like what are we doing here and they were like really excited about this movie and i was like okay mine was like what i thought was like two college bros hanging out but i later discerned that it was a date so i was like why would you go on a date to see bombshell but okay <laughs> well because it's a little weird the uh, you know, the gays kind of like just like Charlize Theron <laughs> and Nicole Kidman and, and Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. Yes. They're 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 like icons, legends. Let's there do it. There it is. There it is. Um. Yeah. Uh not the most romantic movie. I'll definitely say that. Um, not at all, no. But and not very actually kind of gay, but not gay enough. <laughs> yes, there there is a gay element in this. That it's... was an unexpected element. I'm not gonna unexpected. lie. I yes. was not expecting it. But when when you realize like Kate McKinnon is in it, so it sort of makes sense after the fact. Um, yes, but, but the fact that there was like a almost sub romance plot, I was very confused by it. I really <laughs> didn't understand what was going on. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Margot Robbie's character just so casually like in bed with her and just like yeah. Oh, and so it, wait, you're okay, gay? Let's let's like, all okay. Well, let's hold backtrack. on a minute. What are you doing right now? Yeah, let's backtrack on what the movie's about. Yes. So good start, good start. Bombshell, for those of you who don't know, is about basically it's about Fox News, and it's yes. about Megyn Kelly and uh, what's her name, Gretchen Carlson. Gretchen Carlson, yeah, and other women. Those are the two named ones, though. Um, who basically lodged complaints against uh, Roger Ailes, right? Roger Ailes and other prominent Fox News. O'Reilly is involved. Like, all of them are involved, yeah. Um, And so that's what it's about. And this is a a story that is worth telling, I want to point out. I don't think this movie does it the best justice, but that is a story worth telling. Absolutely. And so um, that's what this movie is about. And so Charlize Theron plays Megyn Kelly in one of the best imitation performances I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) I She's literally don't understand the, the fucking vocal cadence that she gets that sounds exactly like the way Megan Kelly talks. And Megan Kelly has a weird way of talking. Yeah. It's the voice is amazing. Normal. And yeah. it like it took seeing her in this movie to realize like how weird Megan Kelly talks. But I'm like, yes. oh, my God, that sounds exactly like her. So and I it's take it super weird. I take it you didn't listen to Megan Kelly's book on audiobook narrated by <laughs> Megan Kelly like I did. I, I did um, not. Why did you do that? I have like a 
fascination with Megyn Kelly. Also, I dated a conservative for a while. Oh, and God. so, um, you know him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Is it who I think it is? Oh, it's who you think it is. Oh, dear. Um, and so I listened to it because he was a big fan. It just gets worse so, and worse. I know. And so um, it's a mistake I made. I was young. Um, Weren't we all at one time? Yeah. And so um, I listened to it and she talks fucking weird. There is something weird. Yeah. It's like she, like, I don't know if she's trying to cover up like an accent or what it is, but like it, it sounds weird. But yeah. in any event, Charlize Theron nails it. Like, it's like surreal how well she nails that vocal cadence because I don't know how anybody can do that. It's not imitatable. Like, <laughs> coming up in the news next, like, she got this weird, like, chewing on the words. It's like a sort of like, pseudo Canadian accent that she's got going on, but it is it's so like, weird. It's really weird. Uh, but it's perfect. Like she absolutely nails it. Um, and like, she's the most familiar figure in the movie because like we've and she's all the most like Megan Kelly on the news one time or another. And they, the movie works really hard to make her like likable. Um, mm. she is like extremely likable per the movie you will walk out of the movie and be like, well, it turns out Megyn Kelly is still Megyn Kelly. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, you, it took it took me a full 12 hours until I saw one of her tweets the next day, and I was like, oh, that's right. She's still a terrible person. Uh, it's very easy. I mean, on, in the movies, to be fair to the movie, it's very easy to fall for, like, the, like, allure of Megyn Kelly because she will, like, call out sexism. And like yeah. you'll be like, yeah, you go. And then yeah, like, that's good. Days like, later, she'll say something super racist, and you'll be like, wait, <laughs> like oh, this yeah, is not yeah. what I signed up for. Um, it was it was her defending her blackface comments, like yeah. literally the next day after I saw it. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, you did that. Uh, yeah, never mind. No, um, um, she was also the one who was like super offended by Britney Spears's song "If You Seek Amy," and I was like, shut the fuck up. It's like <laughs> the 2010s. Um, but like, like, why are they making Santa Claus black now? Like, uh. uh Yes, oh, that, and that was a plot point in the movie. And the movie just was like, ha, 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 this is funny, right? And I was like, she just said Santa Claus is white as though Santa Claus is a real human. I just want to be clear. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> Why are they making him black now? Yes, it's a totally normal thing to talk about in the news. What about uh, when Margot, was it Margot Robbie who was like, and I believe Jesus was white. Like, <laughs> some yes, character said Jesus yes. was a white man, you know? And I was like, Margo Jesus hurt. was absolutely not a white man. Let's just yeah. be clear on that one. No, like, <laughs> no. Not a lot of people oh. being born in Bethlehem and living in Jerusalem at that time would have been white. Like, that been <laughs> really weird. Uh, yeah, her character, like, I did, was she supposed to be based on, like, an actual person? I or So, I think she was, like, what my understanding was she was sort of, like, a, an amalgamation of a number of figures, like okay. sort of just like multiple accusers of ales. Um, and so I think that was the weirdest thing was that they, they made this mix of characters. They made her Margot Robbie, who was sort of like, at one point she was like, just like Tommy Loren. Like she was just like <laughs> her on screen. And I was oh, like, no. I hate this shit. And so um, it's even worse. And then, yeah, it's way worse. And then <laughs> um, they added, like, the lesbian element randomly. But, like, it was, like, you're, like, watching her hang out and whatever. And then all of a sudden she's in bed with Kate McKinnon. 
and they're they have very clearly just like fooled around or something like yeah. they're like in undergarments and <laughs> they're McKin- both so casual about it like oh yeah we've all expected this to happen you know yes and kate mckinnon's like how does your family feel about the lesbian thing and margot robbie's like uh, i'm not a lesbian <laughs> and like i'm like um <laughs> so like <laughs> at the very least at the very least you're doing something that they probably would not uh would not approve of it's uh, you're at the very least you're bisexual and like yeah you have commented that your family like worship like what does she say fox news was like our church and it's like <laughs> yes, um yeah. that's disturbing and so oh like, no she says that and it's like there's no way you can get away like what and but she goes on dates with men later but it clearly isn't going well because she walks out crying of course she walks out crying for other reasons but like you know she's very clearly happy to leave this date she doesn't care and so like (laughs) um like i I was very confused by that subplot like it was very strange i really did wonder like if uh, Kate McKinnon's character in particular was based off anyone at Fox News who was like I mean you know Fox there are people who person. work at Fox I mean you know there are people who work at Fox News who are like not conservative who are just like assistants in the background and yeah. who just like want a job and so they take it and probably are queer like I mean, I mean there like are, they, there, that, and, and it's true that there are gay people who worked at Fox like Sam Shepard like that's a real person who worked at Fox yeah, right and there are gay Republicans too but like she was like not only gay but also like a closeted Democrat and she was like didn't I see a Hillary Clinton poster in your yeah, that was funny Margaret Roby's like you have a Hillary Clinton poster and Kate McKinnon's like I do teehee <laughs> and like you're sort of like ha what's going on um <laughs> um so it, but then like margot roby like like you know they've very clearly like had a like a sexual relationship or whatever that one night and then like margot roby's like you should hide this photo of you and your college roommate because people might think you are hooking up and then like later pulls out the photo of kate mckinnon and her college roommate and puts it back on the desk and is like you should leave this out yeah like what's your fucking point like your goal here (laughs) i don't think you're gonna you're gonna gain anything by doing that and drink (sighs) so yeah um like i i thought the movie was okay overall my biggest concern was that like it felt like it was just like kind of a bunch of disconnected scenes the main strength here is the acting performances. Like all the, the actors are doing really good. Yeah. The storyline is kind of muddled. I liked the moments where they like treated it like we were watching a news broadcast. Yeah. And so you had to like watch them like directly face the camera and talk. I thought that was neat. Um, I think it would have been cooler if they leaned into that. If they leaned into making it like a sort of like structuring it like a sensationalist like tabloid newscast you know, like a like, documentary uh, type thing yeah like, like i think i think it would have been really neat um it would have been neat for the subject matter it would have been neat for the fact that this is fox news that we're talking about um because i think that everybody in this movie you could feel that they want to critique fox news but they didn't want to lean too hard into it like <laughs> um, and drink i also hated when like 
you know, like the news comes out about Roger Ailes in the movie and everybody's like, oh my God, Roger, no, he would never do that. Mm -hmm. And like, they're all like freaking out about it. And then like, it comes out that it's true because Nicole Kidman's character, uh, Gretchen Carlson had tapes of him being sexually uh, of him sexually harassing her. <laughs> that was the best part. And like, that the, was the, the best part when like, oh my God, what was it? Uh, who was his wife? Um, what's her name? She was Ooh, uh, in uh, Friday Night Lights and uh, Allison, Allison Janney. No, that was no, the the, was the lawyer. Else, she was right. the lawyer. Um, who the wife was? Um, Tammy. It, it was Tammy Taylor from Friday Night Lights, and I can't remember her name right now. Uh, and it's not going to bother me. Drink um, again. Like Connie, is that her name? Um, I don't know. I I'm not familiar with Friday Night Lights. So, uh, did you watch American Horror Story season one? Yes. The the mom the the oh. main lady. Sarah Paulson? No, not Sarah. No. Paulson. Oh wait, wait. No, no, no. I know who you're talking about now. Uh, but I don't remember her name. Okay. But, <laughs> but it's her. You're... It's her. It's her. That's that's uh, Roger Ailes' wife in this movie, right? Um, and so um, she's like, she's like, he would never, you know, like he would never do anything like that. He's just funny, and it's maybe it's my fault because I've encouraged him for so long, and it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! You encourage um, him to uh, harass other women, and then like, like it, and then Allison Janney or whatever comes in, and she's like. There are tapes, and the wife is just like Connie oh. Britton. That's it. <laughs> it's Connie Britton. It is Connie Britton. And so, um, God, she's great, also, um, and like everything she does. And she's like a hardcore liberal, so it must have been funny for her to play this role. Drink um, again. So, mm, but I think it's funny. Like the the news comes out that the tapes are out, and so it's very clear that he's done it, and he's getting ousted by um, the what's it the rupert whatever um i can't even remember the family's name wow this is bad murdoch Murdoch, yes yeah rupert murdoch and so um he's getting ousted and all of a sudden all the people at fox news like that one woman who was earlier wearing like a team roger shirt is now wearing like long pants and like a (laughs) t-shirt the coworkers like oh wow pants and she's like get fucked and it's like <laughs> it's like two seconds ago you were so team roger you yeah. couldn't have cared and we're like all the, on board and the movie is so self-congratulatory about her being like fuck you and it's like you didn't defeat feminism and fox news is or sorry you didn't defeat misogyny and fox yeah, news yeah. is still a sexist fucking organization so i don't what's your point yeah, like it's about you don't get brownie points for like coming around after all the evidence has come out also like this obvious, movie what, can, was what directed happened? by the guy who did fucking austin powers so Maybe i don't want to goddamn hear it <laughs> um it was i did not know that um uh yeah it was so that's like a whole thing because i mean you you can say a lot about austin powers but you can't say it's like a super feminist film um (laughs) but jay roach probably not jay roach did dinner for schmucks oh yeah austin powers uh so what's your point like (laughs) drinking yeah he's mm, now he's on bombshell bombshell it's fine it's honestly it's worth watching just for the performances and for entertainment value but like yeah it's not and, a great movie yeah and i guess like this was also nominated for makeup and uh yeah i can see why makeup is very good 
Um, yeah, it's very Charlize Theron and Nicole Kidman look really Oof, good. It's they, crazy. Yeah, they yeah. look like exactly like the people they're supposed to be, and they don't necessarily look like that in real life. So it's actually oh. like pretty transformative. Does does Gretchen Carlson do anything <laughs> anymore? <laughs> uh, I I have not heard of her. I think she's like still on Twitter, like okay. tweeting like controversial stuff, but. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I. I don't think she's definitely not as big as Megyn Kelly is. Um, you know, getting fired by MSNBC. Um, you have to. You have to work your way up to that. But um, yeah, she didn't try for MSNBC. <laughs> also, it was just NBC. But okay, she got fired by NBC. I. I. I I've lost track. I only know this because I just read Catch and Kill as well, the Ronan Farrow book that. Oh. talk about like sexual assault okay. in the media and so um megan kelly's Ru- story comes up <laughs> yeah uh rudy giuliani and this was funny <laughs> oh my god that was so was good so to see him in this uh obviously not actually rudy giuliani it's richard kind playing rudy giuliani but he does such a good job <laughs> honestly all of the cast was very good drink again and a second time because it's gonna be there in 10 seconds Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, the cast goes deep in this. Uh, like, Malcolm McDowell plays Rupert Mur- Murdoch. Uh, yeah. Mark Duplass plays uh, Megyn Kelly's husband. John Lithgow plays Roger Ailes. There's, like, so many good character actors in this. So many, like, good performances from the leads. It's really good. It's a really an actor's movie. The story is, is kind of yeah. iffy, but, like, if you like watching great performances, like, go see this movie. It's solid for that. Yeah, it's worth it's worth watching. It was fun. Like, it's kind of dumb, but it's fun. It's entertaining. <laughs> I thought um, I was never bored while watching it. I'll say that. Yeah, definitely not. I was at the very least entertained. And also, I'm still here for the year of Margot Robbie. Like, she's great. I will watch. I'm glad that we got a year where she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood bombshell and is about to be in Birds of Prey. So, um, yeah. no, which been- actually I'm like pro birds of prey at this point so she's been killing it i'm excited yeah. for that movie uh any parting thoughts on uh um, bombshell i don't think so i think i've and, said it all and um, drink. team not roger team not roger 100 percent. good god but like definitely not team megan and not really <laughs> team i guess i if anyone i'm team gretchen at that point yeah uh, gretchen seemed to be like the most sensible one she was like don't be sexist. Gun control is smart. Yeah. She seemed and... to also get fired for her political views as well as being. She not... was like a moderate in a in yeah. a world of like super conservatives. And I was like, well, I guess you're like sort of the best one here. So well, it's like all the other people, like anyone who's even remotely moderate is getting squeezed out there now. So like, yeah, it's sort of the. The fact the, like, that Megyn Kelly is too there. moderate for Fox News. <laughs> exactly. Should exactly. Alarm, though. That should alarm you. Yes. Yes, uh, <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that on uh, our other side podcast, our politics Buzz, podcast. Buzz, oh. Buzzed on the ever deteriorating state of our country. Um, <laughs> moving on to our next film, Underwater. What? Yeah. <gasps> oh my god! All right. So first of all, no, this I don't have to explain why I'm drinking Arctic Summer for this one because <laughs> I think that just makes sense. It's perfect. This movie is fucking baller. Like, I, I don't have any wow, other words. Wow, fucking baller. That's fucking a... baller. This movie is so cool. Um, 
like I I'll not say that it's without its faults or that it definitely it's, has faults. I won't say that it's a masterpiece, but it it's a lot like Crawl last year where it's just It like, is not as good as Crawl. Do not say that. Maybe not, not as that. good, but it's the same sort of feeling to it where it's just like it's, it's just a creature like a, feature, so it has that yeah. Crawl is fucking Fun, crazy. Crawl creature. was fucking awesome. Crawl, crawl is pretty much perfect this movie yeah. has a lot more <laughs> issues but yeah. it's also in its way like a little bolder so i i give it a little leeway for that. uh yeah you have a giant video game monster rise up in the middle of this movie <laughs> <laughs> this movie is nuts so like very straightforward simple plot to this movie it's like there's some huge catastrophe at this underwater drilling station where like a big portion of the base gets flooded and they have to like seal it off and they like the few surviving miners and technicians and whatever who are still at the base have to find a way to escape yeah um what are they drilling for do we know what do people drill for on the bottom of the seafloor is it's I'm not oil right i'm assuming it's oil um what who the fuck drills for oil in the marianas trench or whatever like well, what are you doing down there I I mean, like, I'm guessing that this takes place in the near future, like the next couple decades. So maybe like the 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 easy oil has been drilled up at this point and they're going for like really out of the way places to drill. Um, that was just my feeling. I, it's definitely some sort of like highly valuable resource that we probably shouldn't be drilling for. Uh, cause that's, well, we just shouldn't be drilling. Drilling is bad. That's yeah. Not I, we well, that, that <laughs> that's part of the, the subtext. That is absolutely theme of the, movie. the, the like, theme of the film. Yes. <laughs> it's like, Hey, we shouldn't be fucking doing this. Cause like it has all sorts of consequences. Um, it's usually, very Godzilla in that way. It's like, yeah, stop exactly. doing this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like the environment personified as a giant, horrific monster. Um, but, you know, obviously in real life, the risks of drilling for oil aren't that fucking Cthulhu is going to come and destroy your base. You don't know that. You don't what, fucking know that. I mean, who knows? That. Like, you can't be too careful. I, I'd, I'd shy away from it if I were you. Because um, Cthulhu might show up. You never know. But, yeah. Um, basically, there's. it's not just the natural disasters that are an issue here. There's also some sort of, like strange unknown creatures lurking out in the depths of the ocean that attack them at various times and yeah yeah and, and like bad things i mean that's basically it like but it it works so well um it's so well constructed it's exciting from beginning to end and yeah, yeah. it's just fucking fun like it is fun really... and i think i think what is so fun about it is that like the action starts pretty much immediately oh yeah like um, within like, two minutes i'd say yeah you open the movie you get a really regrettable voiceover monologue from Kristen stewart yep and yep. um <laughs> you know you have to sit through that and it's very reminiscent of twilight and i'm sorry oh dear and, <laughs> It is. It is. Have you not seen Twilight? I've seen Breaking Dawn Part One. That is okay. the only Twilight film. I've... Well, That's actually, no, I have seen the first Twilight film with the riff tracks commentary. On it. That's different. Yeah, it's not the same. The first Twilight opens with Kristen Stewart giving a voiceover monologue, and so like another movie opening with that exact like a voiceover monologue about like just like the drama of her life in these like 
thematical metaphorical terms is like very reminiscent of twilight and i was like okay we get it and so um but otherwise like it like the action kicks off like pretty much immediately like <laughs> she's just like brushing her teeth yeah. at her sink or whatever and all of a sudden like the ship is blowing up yeah it's like the off. alarms are going off she's like running down the hall and like the water's flowing up behind her it's yeah. like zero to ten instantly yes so it it pretty much takes off right immediately right off the bat and it from there it never really lets up i mean you have some moments of like downtime but for the most part it's like very intense for the rest of the movie um mm-hmm. and i, I think they, they break it up pretty well because there's different places that they have to get to along the way they set it up pretty much right at the beginning they're like we can't escape directly from here we have to like take this elevator down to the surface then walk across the ocean floor to this other part of the base where we can get to the escape pods and stuff like that so there's like very well defined segments of this journey that they have to take that yes are like breaks it up neatly uh and they yeah, felt like a video game <laughs> yeah it, it is like it, it like that whole there there's some very obvious exposition right there's like oh because of like what's going on like we're gonna have to do a b c d e it's like oh this is just like you know when you're given a mission in a video game there's like you have to do this like and new some, mission of the, acquired. some of the shots were like a video game like there's like a shot towards the end um and this is like i mean i guess fo- full spoilers but this is when like the giant like alpha cthulhu has risen and like he's like risen from the depths of the sea and he has like his like weird <laughs> tentacle mouth and he's like standing and like screaming and Kristen Stewart is just running around in that semi-circle like office looking out the window at him. And it's like shot in such a way that it was like, this is like a dead space video game. Like, <laughs> like run around yeah. a circle and you yeah. see that the boss outside. It feels like dead space, I will yeah. have to fight him. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> oh my Sorry, God. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it does have that sort of feeling. And it's interesting to see how like movies have influenced video games and then vice versa at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of it feels like that. I would love to play a underwater uh, video game. This would, yeah, this a good would underwater survival well. horror game. I'd play it absolutely. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Uh, like, yeah, I, I mean, there, there's not too much to tell here, other than it's just like it's exactly what you'd expect. It's an underwater horror movie with yeah. like survival elements and creature feature elements, but it's just it's really solidly done. Every, yeah, I wish that um they ratchet up the tension really well. It's really cool. I wish it had been R rated. Mm. It was PG thirteen, and like yeah. <laughs> I feel like the yeah, but I feel like they worked pretty well with PG thirteen. Like they did what they, they could, but like could have gotten like know, some dismemberments in there or something. But I just feel like like there's a part where a human actually implodes, and like we could have there could have been a better. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that part was pretty fucking shocking as it was. I think they did a good job of that. And, like, when we, like, so Lauren and I watched this in the theater, and she was horrified by that bit. And I, like, told her, like, that stuff actually happened. Like, that's actually happened to people. Yeah, of course it's happened to people. You can look up, like, stories from, like, it's usually from something. When you're that that deep in the water? like (laughs) Deep sea mining rigs. Like, like, if a sudden depressurization has happened, people have literally exploded from the inside, which is, like... extremely horrifying and when it happens extremely. in this movie it's it's very shocking 
Uh, God, yeah, yeah I, I'd forgotten about that part of the movie. Uh, so yeah, it's, but you know, like it is PG 13. They don't really show a lot of the gore, but it's, it's the implication. Like, I mean, if, if you know that somebody exploded, you're, you're seeing it in your mind. You don't need to see all the little arms flying to know what's happening. I watch too much saw to comment on that. <laughs> we both watch too much saw. You know that. Yes. Everybody um, knows that now. Everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> now all of China knows you watched all the saw movies. All of China. Oh, come on. It's that Mulan meme. I know. Um, I'm just, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's a great movie. Great. I don't know if great's the right word. It was just like a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's I fun. It it's again. fun. I would watch I it. Thought, I, well, I thought the underwater zombie monsters, whatever they were, I liked that the movie didn't really explain to you what they were, but they were still creepy. I I found yeah. them very frightening. Um, they're, they're all some sort of part of the same creature or species or whatever. And like they were, I really, like how they were like, like different life stages that were attacking them at different points. Yeah. I like how they were like their habitat was the arm of the giant one. Like I was like, why are they like living on this thing? Oh, arm? God, that, was yeah. very, that was like horrifying when like they have So at one point in the movie, they all have to walk. They're trying to get into the, this other rig that existed, they were like, our rig died. And so now yeah. we have to walk a mile across the ocean floor drink. to this other rig. And so um, you're already horrified because they have to walk a mile across the ocean floor. Um, you've seen the trailer. So, you know, there's something in the water. So that's not a good idea. They right. don't really know that at this point. Um, but they like decide to go across. And at one point they eventually reach like the, sh- the new rig, but to get in, they have to go across this like catwalk and, above them on the roof is like a bunch of tentacles hanging. And these, these creatures are there. They're all like in the tentacles and they're like sleeping. They're like, Oh, it's hibernation. And then (laughs) it turns out when one of them lights a flare that it's actually, they're just like sleeping on the arm of the gigantic alpha creature. (laughs) And like, it is the most horrifying moment. This thing just like raises its arm. And then you see the giant, like it has like a predator face. It looks like the predator. Yeah. The tentacles. Yeah. And it's just like roaring at them. And I was like, drink the, uh, Cthulhu. Yeah, it's it's pretty shocking when that happens. It's a it's a big moment in the movie. Yeah, um, it's a it's a good cast too. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it's good. This may be the last we see of T.J. Miller for a while. Yeah, uh, I was really surprised to see him in a movie again. Um, it, it was shot it was shot a while ago, so that's yeah. why he's in it. it he's yeah. good. He's funny. Um, he has one of the he best lines. Yeah. He has one of the best lines in the movie where. <laughs> He screams, it's pulling me underwater right before it pulls him underwater. And in the trailer, they play that line right before they display the title underwater. So she's yes. like, it's pulling me underwater, underwater. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a good moment. I think T.G. Miller was very good. It's a shame that he turned out to be like a nightmare. Um, yeah, I think like because oh, he's very a, funny. <laughs> take a drink. Take a drink. Oh. I think he has like brain damage, honestly. 
Yeah, like, he's, he's there's clearly something wrong there. It's like not he's <laughs> he's had some like very serious medical incidents in his time. Yeah. Like he's had strokes and stuff. So I think like I think his his brain does not work normally. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's pretty. Yeah, he's he's done some on. crazy stuff like calling in that fake bomb threat on the train. That was time. insanity. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it goes beyond just like. Uh, like obnoxious or annoying behavior and goes like into like genuinely concerning behavior like why would you do this if you unless to be you fair so did jared leto's it. behavior on that of suicide <laughs> right. but he was doing it for art man like yeah tj miller doesn't can't say that because there's no role he's had that required him to do that <laughs> Um, what you don't think his role as the uh the park ranger in yogi bear elevates the role of art uh, oh, I thought, yeah, right no, I thought this was going to be a Silicon Valley joke, which is really all I know him from. But yeah, I forgot <laughs> about Yogi Bear. So he's very funny like, in Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is very good. It's you just very brought funny. piss to a shit fight. <laughs> um, he's very good in it, too. So yeah. um, that was like my main exposure to him. And then when I found out he was like fully like insane, I was like, mm, OK. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, apparently yeah. he's always been like a pain to work with on set. Yeah, of course. Yeah. His behavior over the last few years became even more erratic than usual. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, who knows? Hopefully, the, hopefully he gets it together at some point. There's he, some other good cast. He's a very funny guy. He's a very, he funny, very guy. funny. Uh um, and He's good in this. I, I liked his character. And like, obviously, he's one of the first ones to get killed off because he's the comic relief. But it was. Like it felt like a loss when he was gone. Uh, it did. He had oh. a pretty brutal death too. Take a drink. Take a drink. Oh. We should wrap this up. But um, yeah, very good movie. Um, highly recommend it if you're into creature features, horror, um, sci-fi, anything like that. If you're not into those, you're probably not listening to our show. Well, we are. I mean, we cover all sorts of things. Who knows yeah. who who might be interested in this? But I feel but, like our preferences are known, though. But um, ooh, yes. <laughs> I mean, if you know our taste and if you have the same taste as us, then you'll definitely like this movie. Yeah. It um, is a blast, and it's it's good to see on the big screen. I don't think I don't it think it's big playing screen. in theaters anymore. Unfortunately, I saw uh, it this week, so it is. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. At least in New York, it still is. I don't think it's playing at least not at my local theater, maybe some of the other theaters in DC, but um, it's great. I mean, how often do you get to see, this is a pretty big budget movie and it's just like a, it is, it was like half fucking like pulpy creature feature. It was like 50 mil. Like I'm pretty sure the budget yeah. was like something like that. Um, yeah. You don't get to see that kind of budget thrown behind a horror sci-fi creature feature no. movie like that, that often. So like if you're into that sort of thing, this is the opportunity. Go for yes. it. Also, let me just say for all my theater kids out there, it stars the original Mort Stiefel from uh, Spring Awakening. So let's all be hype about that. I didn't know it was the original Mort Stiefel from Spring Awakening <laughs> until like midway through the movie. And then I screamed. So yeah. that's a real so, thing that happened. So, yeah. So if, if you know what that is, like... <laughs> Uh, nobody else except me will know what that is, <laughs> but I'm very excited about it. I love Spring Awakening, and he's a great, great actor. So, all right, it's Smith. So, it's Smith for what it's worth. Okay, take another drink, and I think we'll stop it there.
And now we are going into the untimed portions of tonight's programming because who knows how long this will go. Um, This is a film that both of us have just come back from seeing. Yeah, we saw it today. The takes are going to be piping fresh. Uh, Yeah, this is 2020's Doolittle. Uh, Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, uh <laughs> so this um this movie is doing very poorly uh at the box office and critically right now. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah, um it's kind of a mess. And the thing is I kind of expected it to be more like spectacularly terrible than it was. Like um I thought like, oh boy, like could we really be as blessed as to get another movie as bad as cats? No. In another month. It's not that bad. It's not that like entertainingly bad. It's just kind of like lame and boring. Um it's I mean yeah, like so Robert Downey Jr. is not awful in this movie um he's he pretty has, bad though he has some big he's problems pretty bad talk about um and like the celeb the rest of the celebrity cast which is insane and we'll definitely delve into that because i can't believe they got this many people to be in the movie um they're not all the way back <laughs> I, i'm trying i'm struggling to say good things about this the main problem is there's about half a story here and it's not told really well. And um, the humor in it is really weird and off-putting. That's Weird and off-putting is a nice way to say terrible. <laughs> the humor is bad. The humor is really bad. The cast is... Yes, it's a, it's a high-caliber cast. But they don't... I mean, they're given, like, voice roles. They don't yeah. do anything. <laughs> and it and it is kind of strangely done. Like it's weird to see like a goose talking like a person. And this goes back to some of the stuff we were talking about with like cats. But sure. It's yeah. even, oh even even more relevantly, like the Lion King. It's like yeah. you're seeing actual animals talk with human voices and it doesn't quite line up no. like the, you can't make the mouth movements of a duck look like they're speaking human words. It just, it doesn't look right. And it just looks like you're showing a duck quacking, but playing the audio of a human talking. It just doesn't line up. No, it does not. So that, that was one big problem. Um, the other big problem is like the story does not make a whole lot of sense. Like the whole the whole impetus behind the story, the big call to action, whatever, is Dr. Doolittle is trying to save the queen who's been poisoned. And it's like the quest to get the cure to the poison is like very straightforward. Like all they have to do is find Doc Doolittle's wife's journal and then use that to find the island that has the cure. Yeah, so I didn't like, really understand that. It's like two steps. It's not that much of an adventure. And like I felt like this movie ended like 20 minutes early. 
like i was surprised when this movie ended i was like really like that's it like they just they got the cure and it's over and also like the bad guy clearly, who's trying to poison her they caught him and like it's all wrapped up just like that clearly you haven't seen the turning because in terms of <laughs> surprising endings uh, oh god oh god nothing yeah. other nothing else takes the cake this week <laughs> oh boy now uh, I need to see that too, I guess. You do need to see that. We have to talk about the ending of the turning. Um <laughs> but it's <laughs> we will definitely yeah, we we need to like vow to talk about that next episode. Um we will. We will. This th- it definitely like I I agree with you though. Like this movie ended and I was like I don't really understand what any of the point of anything we just watched was. I can't believe it's over because none of that seemed to like be worth it. Like <laughs> So, I don't know. This is strange movie. Let's go with that. <laughs> Let's go with strange. Yeah, it's strange. I and mean, there's like there's parts of it that feel like it could be good, you know? Are like there? It, which parts? Well, I mean, like it feels like at some point this could have been a good movie at some point in the development. Like, I don't know. Um, I, I like to hear what what points those were. <laughs> I, that's what I want. All right, hear. all right, all right. Um, I like I like Robert Downey Jr. in the role. He's pretty you? good. He interesting. So- Hold on. He he is he has problems with the accent. The accent is the biggest. It's my biggest so issue. fucking bad. It's it's bad. really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad. Um, it's very inconsistent. Is the the major problem? If he just ditched the accent and gone for like a simple British accent or even an American accent, it would have been a lot more believable. But again, I feel like, I feel like there were elements there that could have been good. You know, like Dr. Doolittle is an interesting story. Um, Interesting character. You can do pretty much anything with him. And I feel like his relationship with the animals that he worked with was pretty fun it was kind of entertaining. They weren't all like the best, most fleshed out characters, but um, some of them were good. I don't know why the dog wears glasses. That's like, I, no one knows. I still haven't figured that out. Um, I don't know why the gorilla is like a wimp the whole time. Like, no one knows. I, I don't know. We but have a lot of questions. But I like I I feel like there's there's like something there that they just they didn't tap into or something like I don't know I I like Doctor I like the Rex Harrison version of Doctor Doolittle um, I feel like that that movie has been derided in its own way but it feels far superior to this movie because like there's a real journey that takes place in that film he goes to a bunch of different lands he meets exotic and unusual and fictional animals um this one just like he doesn't do a lot he goes to like one island city and then another island and then he comes back to london and like that's it it's like is it yeah He's not really like voyaging across the world. The stuff with the whales was kind of cool. Um, uh, he meets a dragon, so I think you need to the just dra- accept it. <laughs> the dragon stuff was bad. Like it was really right. bad. So he meets a dragon, and like the dragon is like mad at him until he like pulls a bunch of stuff out of the dragon's ass to like <laughs> relieve his problems 
It's because uh, the dragon had eaten too many like soldiers. <laughs> I don't know, including a set of bagpipes. Like that's the you know, final thing. A, a soldier with some bagpipes and it clogs uh, your pipes. That's normal. It's that that part is not good. I I I don't know what else to say. It's it's bad. Um, but that's like also the end of the conflict in the movie. Like, yeah, exactly. Like as soon as he does that, it's like the dragon lets him get the cure from the tree or well, whatever. the dragon lets him get the cure but like also like the human opponents who are like opposing him just sort of like melt i don't really know what goes on <laughs> like they just decide that they're done they're they just, just like go oh, away okay. and then Doolittle <laughs> exposes them later with the information from the stick insect spy that he had in the throne room oh so, sure yeah yeah it's like uh i Everything, everything's comes down to Doolittle just pulling these bagpipes out of the dragon's ass. That's it. Um, that's the only yeah, thing. That's that's your solution right there. It's a little strange. Um. So yeah, but like, I don't know. I feel weird about this movie. Like, it's got some fun elements to it. It's just like really poorly put together. It's got barely any story. And like, I just, I don't know what they were thinking. It feels like half a movie, really. It, it, does, it feels yeah. like they shot like half of what they wanted to. And then like somebody was just like, all right, that's it. Like just whatever you have right now, you got to put it together. And like, so there's like a unnecessary voiceover at the beginning and the end. that's sort of like meant to tie things together, but it's not, it's like totally unnecessary it feels like they could have just worked it into the story, but they might not have had the footage they needed. I don't know. Um, right. It's it just feels like really hastily thrown together, and for a movie with a pretty high budget, like that is very unusual. Right. This movie uh, it costs one hundred and seventy-five million dollars to make. Jesus and, Christ, yeah. and they gave it a January release? <laughs> well, it, like, I feel like they originally expected it to be, like, a big blockbuster, and then, like, eventually they were like, we just gotta, gotta uh, cut our losses and just throw it on January and God, <laughs> to make whatever money we can. Uh, yeah. Oof. Um, Danny Elfman did the music in this movie. Yep. Yep. I wow, Jesus. Um, I know. It's like it has like all these elements like Danny Elfman on the music, Robert Downey Jr. is the lead. Like and it's a classic story. It feels like they were they were thinking this was going to be a big hit, but it's like how how can you think that when you like barely barely put an actual movie on the screen? God. <laughs> I honestly don't have answers. Like, it sort of felt like they, I don't know who thought this movie was going to be good at one point, but clearly they did. And then they just decided, never mind, this movie's going to suck. Let's just put it out in the middle of January and see what happens. Like, it must suck to be a member of this movie, <laughs> like the yeah. cast, because clearly the producers and distributors do not believe in you. <laughs> And there are some very big names in this cast. Um, 
one person I was surprised to see show up, Antonio Banderas yes. was in this movie after we just been talking about like, oh, he finally got his first Oscar nomination. <laughs> he was also in this movie this year. Upsetting. Like, oh no, I hope this doesn't hurt his chances. Like <laughs> I don't know if he's probably not gonna win anyway, but this is certainly not gonna help. Uh, Emma Thompson is in this movie. Yes, she sure is. Oh uh, uh John Cena, Kumail yep. Nanjani, Octavia yes. Spencer, Tom Holland, God, Rafe Fiennes. Oh, <laughs> the moment, the moment where Rafe Fiennes, who he plays the tiger, when yes. his his character gets hit in the balls, and he, it, his name is Barry, so he says, "Oh, my Barry berries." Oh! that. That was like a truly heartbreaking moment for it me. Is. It's like, like oh. you had to say that, Rafe. You had to oh. say that out loud. Oh, no. oh dear. Like we're not in a good place. No. We've got absolutely not. We've got this Academy Award nominated person saying, Ow, my berry berries. Ow, like, my berry berries. Uh it's rough. It's very rough. This is like if there's anyone I feel bad for here, it's Robert Downey Jr. Like, I feel like he's trying to move away from Marvel. Like, obviously, they killed off his character. He's trying to do something different. And it's like the first big movie he does after this. It's just like an unmitigated disaster. This is going to be rough for him. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think that's... He's definitely the... <laughs> that sucks is all i'm gonna say like he really wants to do something different and like be known for other types of characters and this is what he's stuck with that's too bad (laughs) apparently this film had 21 days of reshoots oh god which that's pretty extensive like yeah they had poor test screenings and so they did reshoots well, it's like so. The, why? So this is the version of the movie after they've like worked on it to improve it. What a test screening was like. Yes, this is a good version. I just like it. the The part that just still blows my mind is like how quickly this movie ends. After they like, there's the whole intro part where we get introduced to Dr. Doolittle and the animals and all that. And like that part actually feels fine. Like, even though it's kind of silly, it's like, it fits the tone they're going for. Nobody is really bad. Robert Downey Jr. is doing a pretty good job. It's like, as soon as they go to London to like, see the queen, the queen's poisoned, And then they have to head off to find the cure. It's like everything just, goes right out the window yeah like their journey to this island is like they spend most of the movie just on this one island just like running around getting captured by various people yes it doesn't make a lot of sense and then they go to another place for like five minutes to pull bagpipes out of a dragon's ass and get the cure and then the movie's over (laughs) (laughs) it's like what just happened you know like yeah i thought this was going to be like some big adventure movie like they were going to go to a bunch of different places they were going to have to like uh you know figure out what this ancient mystic cure was or whatever but like it really was 
no less complicated than like finding the directions to the island and then getting past the dragon to get the cure. Yeah. It's like two steps. That's it. <laughs> um, it was silly. And yeah. I, I feel like it wouldn't have been that hard to make it a little more complicated to make the story more interesting. Right. I just, I don't know why this is what they went with. <laughs> it was pretty bad, but it wasn't as spectacularly bad as I was hoping for. You know, I was like, from what I was hearing online, I was thinking we had another cats on our hands, but I know, know. that would have been it, nice. I was thinking probably, the same thing. probably just wishful thinking at this point, like cats just delivered so much. I know but now, like every time a bad movie comes out, we're like, Ooh, it's happening again. But Is it cats, you know, <laughs> it, it only a very select few bad movies can be that bad to just transcend and become extremely watchable. Yeah. So you're yeah. right. I, I don't think I'll be watching this again. I don't think they're going to be midnight screenings of this movie. God, I hope soon. not. That would yeah. be terrible. Uh, but it's too bad. I I might go back and rewatch the Rex Harrison version of Doctor Doolittle after this. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Just to see. I I I've heard nothing but bad things. And the last time I saw it, I was like eight years old. So who knows? It's probably not any good. But I have to imagine it's better than this. Yes, I I think that's true. <laughs> All right, so. Yeah, that's that's our lot for this week. Um, Yeehaw. Check out Marriage Story. Check out The Cave. Go see Bombshell and Underwater. Depending wow, on... We talked about a lot. Depending on how your uh, uh, tastes lie. Don't don't bother with Doolittle. <laughs> don't do Doolittle. It's not worth it. It's not. If you If you feel like doing little, just do more. Do more. Do more. Don't do little. Do more. I like this motto. Do more. Um, but yeah, that's that's our stuff for this week. We'll be back with you next week with more of our Oscar movies because we're constantly trying to plow through these. We sure are. Next yeah. week I'll be in the middle of the shorts. So it'll be yeah. good. Yeah, shorts are coming out soon. I'm very excited for that. Uh, I still have no idea how we're going to see Corpus Christi, but no, I uh, check every day. I look yeah. every day. <laughs> I have, to, I have to see Les Miserables in the next couple days. Cause I'm always afraid that I'm going to like check the schedule and that's going to be gone. It's only showing in one theater around here. So it's very sure, risky. Yeah. So that's showing, I'm, I'm sure that's showing in New York, right? That's showing yeah, it's showing in a, a few places. Yeah. So that that one has been iffy for a lot of people, but fortunately for me, I've got at least one theater that's showing it. But we've got we're we're coming in close to the deadline. We're gonna be on the Oscars soon, and then we're gonna we're gonna let everyone know what we think. Um this could be hard to top last year for disappointment, but we'll see. <laughs> don't say it. Don't think it, it don't will it. it will top and it will all be the worst. They're gonna somehow Green Book is gonna win again. Like don't say it's it out loud. Win best I can't picture. believe you said that. I it's gonna win that. best picture again. Um, yeah. So until then, like 
let us know what Oscar movies you're watching. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at buzzed on movies. You can also send us emails at buzzed on movies at gmail.com. Just let us know if you've seen any of these films and if you've seen any of the ones we haven't seen yet, just give us your takes. And um, if you, you can find our podcasts on all the major platforms, Apple podcasts, Spotify, Google podcasts. Um, And if you like what we're doing, just leave us a review on any of those platforms, whichever is your favorite. And uh, as always, we'll see you at the movies. We'll see you at the movies. uh, Jellicle fucks. Jellicle fuckers. Ooh, I like it. Jellicle fuckers and Jellicle. <laughs> oh, by the way, that uh, that song at the top is is from Doolittle. It's like one of the few good things about it. I think it's good. Um, we don't necessarily agree on the song. <laughs> we don't necessarily um, agree. The song the song is the song is controversial. How does the song go? Um, I. <laughs> And I won't waste Waste my my time time being typical. I will be original. original. Even when it's difficult. difficult.